This is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast, hosted by Roman Prokopchuk, bringing you all things digital marketing, tech, business, and motivation. What's stopping you from becoming relentless in all aspects of life? Are you ready to become a digital savage? Let's get into today's episode. Hey everyone, this is Roman Prokopchuk and this is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast. Today I have with me Ron Worley. Ron was homeless, addicted, and alone, but climbed his way back to find success and fulfillment. Now he's helping others do the same. Thank you for joining me today. Yeah, thank you, Roman. I appreciate you having me on. My pleasure. So tell me a little bit about your journey. How did you get to where you are today? Yeah, so I always start my journey back when I was two years old. Um, cause that's when my drug addiction started. Uh, my father was, uh, thought it would be funny to, for me to learn how to smoke weed. And, uh, at that point in my life, I just began to learn how to use a straw. And so he stuck a pipe in my mouth and that became a, a nightly thing, uh, for them to put me to sleep, to wind me down, humor, whatever you call it. Uh, I'll preference that with my mother was an abused mother and did not like it, but there wasn't much she could do about it. Um, I literally have pictures of Halloween where I'm high as a kite and I'm two years old. Um, so uh, that started my addiction journey. Uh, by the time I was 15, I was already a full-blown alcoholic, uh, smoked weed every every week for sure. And, uh, and I would gone on to the bigger, better drugs, um, cocaine, acid. I really loved acid in high school. That was one of the cheap, easy ways to get high. Um, and, and then of course that, uh, spilled over into, uh, the couple of years of college that I did do, uh, uh, drugs and alcohol were predominant in my life right from the beginning. And even though I was on drugs and alcohol, I still tried to maintain some sort of uh, normal life. I was a very good athlete and uh, I used that sort of as, uh, as a cover up. And I went on to college to go play football and quickly ended that career due to drinking. I uh, was kicked out of college a couple of times. Uh, finally said, that's enough. I don't, I don't need to be here. Uh, I didn't do real. I did great on grades, but I didn't do well at the sitting around being in class and the whole social aspect. I, I, um, so I had a fake ID in college. I was, my name was Egbert Boonstra and I was 26 years old <laughs> and I was the only 18 year old that had a fake ID. So I was the head of all the parties, um, bought all alcohol for everybody in our dorm and uh, that, that didn't help either. Uh, so I, I progressed my uh, life forward from there and I tried to get married I, to have a career. I, I did all that, but Alcohol just took that away from me every single time. Um, I ended up uh, in nineteen, no, two thousand three. It progressed so far that I was going through a divorce. I had uh, lost my children. I, I had lost my belongings, my house, my car, my boat, my Harley, everything I owned and had pulled, built up to. At that point, uh, I lost it all, and I had to sell it all to maintain my drug habit. And so I ended up homeless, uh, and in Nebraska, uh, just basically couch surfing uh, on a buddy's couch. And that's where the beginning of the end of my addiction, uh, became, I, I had a rollover car accident where 
I was thrown from the vehicle and I was hurt, but I wasn't, you know, I was unconscious and hurt, but I wasn't, uh, completely, you know, I didn't get really that badly hurt. Um, I had a broken knee and some scrapes and bruises and it of course knocked me out, but, uh, I left the hospital bed and went on to, to really induce alcoholism because at that point I'd been missing my children for six months. Um, that ate away at me. Um, but also I wasn't able to work cause I had a broken knee. And so I just laid in bed and drank, drank, drank. Um, and anything else that comes with that when you drink, uh, so there was cocaine and meth and uh, anything really. Uh, I did one more coke binge that last week that I was homeless uh, with a buddy, and that was sort of the end. My bottom uh, was during that binge. Uh, I figured I needed to get the heck out of there, uh, head back to Colorado, and try and find someone to help me get sober. So I came back to Colorado. Uh, my brother, who was a newlywed at the time or just about to get married, uh, let me stay at his house so long as I would be sober. And so I decided that was it. I I went to three AA meetings a day for a month straight uh, and then found a job and worked my way up to um, being sober, getting my children back. I actually saved enough money to get a one-bedroom apartment. Um, which at the time was a mansion to me because I was able to get my children in um, and start seeing them again and get my life back on track. Uh, and of course that, that led one thing to another and he started to get sober, put time behind me. Um, and, and it's a funny thing because alcoholics make great business people because we're so full of addiction. And uh, when we get sick of it, we just transfer that power into other things. So I became a bodybuilder uh, and started working out all the time. And uh, that sort of changed and transformed my life. And uh, from there, I started getting into running businesses. And that was my new addiction. I love to build something from the ground up. Uh, where, you know, from there, we I met a wonderful woman uh, named Erin. She was a police officer, if you can believe that. At that time, I had been arrested already five times, charged with 10 different crimes uh, in my life. Not always arrested for those, but charged at least. And uh, here I was with a police officer, um, which changed my life drastically at that point because I was a whole lot of gray and she was a black. And, and so that helped me understand that, you know, there's a right and a wrong and you're either right or you're wrong. And uh, which you know, in my mind at that time, there's the right and the wrong, but there's also this gray matter in between where you can be kind of right and kind of wrong. Um, and, uh, you know, that changed when I met her and we started opening businesses together and those businesses flourished. Um, that combination just really worked for us. We call her the anchor and I'm the dreamer and somewhere in between we make great businesses. Uh, and that's been my life to this point. I started uh, Ditches to Riches a couple of years ago, and really I started, uh, I had a, because I haven't died enough, um, my life was riddled with suicide attempts, uh, trips to the uh, mental institution, to jail, uh, and at 30 years old when I got sober, I thought I left all that behind, I wasn't going to have any surprise deaths or anything like that, and lo and behold, 
I'm doing a talk in the courthouse and I drop dead of heart failure. And it's all non-related. It had first thing I thought was, oh, doctor, what's wrong with me? Did I take too much cocaine back in the day? And uh, that was not the case. Uh, it was stress-induced heart failure. Um, apparently, I had been working too hard, and that, and that killed me. So I dropped dead there. And when I came to, I decided that it was time to change the way I was living, that maybe work wasn't, I had taken that too far as well. Um, there's a way to work smart and there's a way to enjoy the time that you're, that you're working. Um, so I started going by this philosophy called, uh, live like you're dying. And all that means is that, you know, I started to do things that I always wanted to do. And writing a book was one of those. Um, I wanted my children to have something, my legacy, some, something for them to have forever. And uh, that's that's what started the journey. So I write this book, and it's basically regurgitation on paper. And I give it to a buddy of mine who writes books, and he tells me it's not a book. <laughs> so he says, this is not a book. You need to do something. He, basically, I hire him as my uh, as my book coach. And Aaron Chambers is his name. He, he actually formulated a plot, gave me direction, helped me uh, organize a to B every chapter and A to Z in the book. And together we came out with what, what we have here, Ditches to Riches. Um, and, that, and that book is just a, a simple story of all the lessons I learned uh, growing up and how I turned those into values for my personal life and, in, and my businesses uh, today. They have made me successful, so I'm hoping to share those values with other people and maybe make them successful. That's awesome. And I, I mean, a little bit of everything you, you, you mentioned, I have in one way or another in my life. So my wife and I are foster parents. We became foster parents June of 2018. And we have, we've had 22 kids in our home since then. So in terms of addiction and mental health and stuff like that, I usually see one or the other or both in every case. And uh, my wife and I just try to be a resource for those biological parents. Actually, we've we had one parent over for dinner that they they got the children reunified to the father, not the mother, and the father took them to Tennessee um, to obviously a total different state, and he wasn't mandated to do so. Um, she's been basically clean for months and months, and we're just trying to be a, a resource, a positive resource, so she doesn't obviously slip back with the different things that you know she has to deal with in life. And it's, I mean, it's sad because a lot of people from the outside in, regardless of what happens, you know, they give an outside perspective. So people say, you know, just, just stop doing, doing drugs for this or that, but it's really not that easy. Like if they actually were addicted to something or use something as a vice, it's usually a lot more deeper than just taking the drugs and just stopping. So I've experienced that. I've experienced obviously stuff in my family and stuff like that. And I think, Anyone can change, obviously, their trajectory, you know, tomorrow. It's just a choice. It's not an easy choice, but if you wake up tomorrow, you have that opportunity to, to change the direction of your life. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think you hit it on the head, especially with addiction. Uh, when people are happy, I mean, people don't want to kill themselves with drugs and alcohol. When you make the choice and you become happy and positive, the drugs kind of go away. And I don't know if you've ever heard of Rat Park 
And I try to talk about this a lot because it changed the way I thought about drugs and alcohol. When we were growing up, uh, people, drugs were treated, you were an outcast if you were a drug addict or an alcoholic. You were shunned from the family. They made you go to rehab. They make you do all this negative, negative, negative stuff. The rat park theory the scientists would put rats in a cage and then he would put a bottle of heroin and a bottle of water in the cage. And every single time these rats would drink the heroin and die, they would overdose. Um, and then he, he came up with the idea of building this rat park and the rat park was beautiful. It had, uh, things for them to do. And it was like a giant jungle gym for rats. And all of a sudden, the rats stopped drinking the heroin and were just drinking the water because they enjoyed their lives. They wanted to live. And I think, it's, I think that's the new theory towards addiction. Um, there's so much involved with, you know, I, I lived through, they call it PTSD. I'd, it was just a lot of crap in, that we went through as children. And everybody has that, but some degrees are bigger than others. And that stuff stays with us. They're old tapes, they're old recordings that just run over and over in our heads. And once we correct those old tapes, you know, then the addiction can start to fade away. And that, and that's what I had to do. Five years of therapy, basically once a week for an hour, talking to somebody about my childhood. And I, I don't even think I had a bad childhood. I grew up in the eighties. I think I had a, a great childhood. I played sports and had Atari and you know, I, I did pretty well, but there was a lot of things that stuck with me that were just eating at me. And I, I can tell you my brother as well, he went through his things uh, just the same. And I, it, I think our parents really shaped the way we are going to head in life. And for me, it was a good idea to stop all that crap. Um, this way I could teach my kids, break the cycle, if you will. Um, but I, everybody's got a fighting chance, man. If they want it, like you say, make the choice and it's out there. We can do it. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's perspective. So you can either use something as a crutch or as motivation. So you could have used the excuse of your parents, why you didn't succeed or an excuse for not doing things. And I'm going to fall into that, you know, cycle and I can't break it. But I mean, you had the choice to kind of change that I've had, uh, I've experienced as a, as a child, I've seen domestic abuse in terms of, you know, my, my dad to my mom and stuff like that. And I made a conscious choice where like, if I grow up, if I have biological kids or kids in my life, I'm not going to subject them to that or have them experience that. So it's like a conscious choice to do so. But obviously, if I just let that void go, I can basically probably have slipped in the same kind of behavioral pattern. So just because you experience something or traumatic or whatever part of your life doesn't mean it should define you. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you use the word define because that's, you know, the actions we take don't always define who we are. And uh, I think you hit it on the head. Every single one of my brothers, uh, I have four brothers and a sister, um, and four brothers are absolutely the best fathers that I've, I mean, we're all great fathers. And it's because our dad was such a jerk that we, we did the opposite. And you talk to us and we all say the same thing. We just didn't want to do that. And, and all the kids don't even know what it's like to be, to live what we lived through. So uh, it's amazing what one generation can do to change the scope of everybody's life. Yeah, I agree. 
So what motivates you to succeed? Obviously, those motivations may have changed in different parts of your life, but what currently motivates you to succeed? Yeah, so it's interesting because I don't really know a lot of luck. Um, I know that inside of me, I have this something I have to prove. I I don't know that it's to me or to my mother or to who it's to, but I have something to prove to whoever it is. And I just kind of go with it. I, I get up every day trying to prove something to somebody and that motivates me to work my butt off every day, or at least work smart towards a a common goal. Um, the big successes that I've had in my life have just been raw work ethic and the ability to hire the right people. And, you know, over, I feel like I'm always overcoming and and maybe that's life in general, but every day when I get up and look in the mirror, I have to tell myself I still like myself. Um, and today is going to be a successful day. And that's just the approach. Um, I, I think a lot of people, it, you know, it, it's about habits. Um, I'm a habit guy, obviously did a lot of habits that weren't good. And now I do good habits and I just keep practicing until all those habits become ingrained. And I think that's for everybody. Uh, we just need to know. So a lot of people just don't have the direction. Um, I work with a lot of mentees that I mentor a lot of kids that are young and have had major adversity in their lives. And the one thing I try to teach them is that we're not stuck in that. Um, we just have to create new habits. I have one uh, kid that I've been talking to since he was 16. And I used to make him uh, meals. He was in, he played football with my son. I used to make him meals all week so he could get big and buff. And uh, in order to do that, I made him take a picture of his bed being made every single morning and then he would get his meals for the day. And today I still get those pictures. He's 21 years old and he'll send me a picture jokingly, you know, every once in a while here, I made my, I'm still making my bed, Ron. Um, but we created a good habit. You know, he feels good when he makes his bed. His, his room looks nice. He's starts out uh, your whole day in a great place. And for him, it was just about doing it over and over and over until he got, got into the habit. So I think that's important. Yeah. I, I think that the fact that like just raw willpower and determination, getting something done, I, I mean, it, it's just hard work and, and applying yourself for the most part. I mean, I had to pivot from graduating college during the 2008 recession Uh, previously having an internship with the Secret Service and thinking I was going to go the federal uh, route in terms of law enforcement. And then that economy hit and all hiring froze everywhere. So, I mean, I was down, honestly, and depressed. Really, only thing that really kept me sane was going to the gym every day and just working out. And then I met someone at the gym that proposed an opportunity to me. And then I got into digital marketing and obviously 12 years later and starting a company and working with fortune clients. But it's just like doing things out of necessity and being hungry. I think uh, complacency is the death of innovation. So basically keeping yourself not in a comfort zone, having good habits and applying yourself gets you to your goal a lot faster and a lot more streamlined. I think you're, you're the biggest hurdle all of the time to your own success. Once you get out of your own head and apply yourself, things are a lot easier. Oftentimes people in business and you know in personal life, complicate things that shouldn't be that complicated. And I think once you like take a step back and focus, create good habits, it becomes a lot easier to get to where you want to go. Oh, you're a hundred percent right. And 
I, it's, it's one of those things where we're the, we're the biggest influencer in our own life. We sit there and talk to ourselves all day long. And if you can change those thoughts into positive thoughts, hardworking thoughts, habits, good habits, everything positive, 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 our days go so much better. You know, you wake up and you forget your coffee that day or something. You don't, I hear it all the time. People that don't get their coffee in the morning and they're just growly bears or whatever. And you know, that it's, it's true. If we don't get up and have our habits, have our, our, uh, support for the morning to get started, it just kind of ruins our day. And that, and I think that's life in general. You're, you're a hundred percent right with the habits, man. Yeah. And I think like you said, to a certain extent, kind of waking up and kind of having a chip on your shoulder to have that kind of thing where, you know, oftentimes people discount you or say something about you now, not taking that personally, but using it as fuel. Like I often say, I like being number two than number one, like a contender, because a contender is always hungrier. You'll be hungry 100% of the time because obviously if you're a champion, you cannot be champion for the rest of history. There's a time when you become comfortable, complacent, and then obviously somebody takes that crown. So I think just being driven and being hungry in that sense obviously comes from different variables. Use some of the experiences, obviously, that led you to become who you are. I was born in the former Soviet Union, so I know a lot of uh, Fortune 500 companies, unicorn companies, startups, they're either immigrants from the former Soviet Union or children of immigrants, and they're coming with a whole different mindset. Like this, like in the United States, I mean, it's for me, it's like first world problems versus third world problems. So stuff that I encounter, it's a lot easier for me to overcome them. And they don't get to me as much as, as somebody that may have grown up in a more comfortable kind of vacuum. Mm-hmm. You're a hundred percent correct, man. Uh, the hungry man wins in this country. And we, we have gotten complacent as Americans. We're spoiled at times. Um, and I am too. I mean, I, I worked my butt off to spoil myself and my wife and I see you know, my children, I've got two entrepreneurs and I've got, maybe you call the third one an entrepreneur too. He's, he's going out to be a mechanic and he bypassed, he does, I got two that didn't even bother with college. Uh, they just went out and started their careers and uh, the set, the middle child, he's in college now and about to graduate. And uh, they're all still very hungry. And it, and it, to me, I can't understand how, because they live this super great life according compared to what I lived. Um, but we, we ingrain these values in them that say, you got to get up and work hard every day. It doesn't matter what you just be happy work hard, and you'll have success. That's one of the things I tried to teach tease is, you know, it's, it's not about what you're doing. It's about how happy you are doing it. And, you know, even Gary V, I, I love watching that guy. He always preaches about, uh, do what you love and try and make money at it and, and go from there, man. Just you're young. He always talks to these young guys and, uh, and I do too. So I always tell him the same thing, man. If you think you're going to love that, go for it. Go have fun. You got plenty of time to be, be uh, stuck doing something you don't like. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's trying and finding kind of the right fit. Funny, I actually, he, his dad, I guess he started from like the wine business or liquor business, if you know his backstory. So my brother and I went to his book signing in New Jersey, in northern New Jersey, because I'm in New Jersey. I mean, I talked to him for literally like a minute. So it's not like I had this in-depth kind of like strategy session. But I think one reason indirectly um, that I started a podcast was, you know, him just continually saying, get into the audio space. It's not as hard as you think. So him and then other influences... And if I was to do it over again, I would have probably started five years ago. I mean, the important thing is I started, but in retrospect, you should really, when you have that that light or that burning sensation to really like undertake something new, you should do it when it like comes about right away and not be discouraged or putting it back over time. Yeah, that's the motto, F it, try it, that I use. Um, you know, it's that jump off point when you're, when that light is bright you've got a choice to make right then and there. Am I going to do this or not? And I try to teach people, and I, this is my motto, 100%. I'm just going to try it. And if I fail, oh, well, you know, what's the worst that's going to happen? I'm going to fail at something else. No big deal. Uh, been down a lot of failures in my life and uh, it doesn't hurt as bad the second, third, fourth, fifth, eighth time, you know. Um, so you might as well just try it instead of regret it later. And that's that whole live like you're dying. Don't you don't want to be 47 years old wishing you did a whole bunch of things uh, that you never did. So I, I like I like the idea of when the when the lights bright, go for it, man. That's uh, that's a good motto. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely try to um, abide by that. Obviously, a lot of the time with with different things in life, different things people are experiencing at different times. It's a lot harder, but um, you're not going to regret the things that you didn't try. And like you said, if you fail, it's truly not a failure if you get something out of it, a learning experience that then you can apply to another project, another relationship, whatever in life. If you can take something from it, it'll prepare you for you know another possible failure that you may possibly avoid or learn from in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Right. You have to fail to learn. And I don't know an entrepreneur out there that hasn't failed. I, I, Gary V, even that man has failed, but you know, he, I love his story and how he lived on the couch and, you know, he saved his money and until he was able to create something. And, you know, the other thing he does is he creates hustle and that's something my kids watch him as well. Um, and, and they're always hustling. They do the, the, for spare money, they do the, uh, the playing cards, uh, where, you know, the basketball cards and whatnot. My son made 350 bucks a couple of weeks ago and we were just all happy for him because he's in the hustle, you know, that he's going to college, he's got a full-time job, he's working his butt off and on the side, he's playing this little hustle over here. Uh, he does the free Craigslist ads too. He'll go buy, get something off of Craigslist for free and then turn around and sell it. It's amazing. There's a lot of uh, things out there people can do to make money. We just have to get up and go to work every day. Yeah, I agree. So what's one thing that you may have seen as a weakness in yourself in the past that you've turned around and utilized as a strength today? Yeah. And and I don't, so I get that question a lot. And uh, my self-worth was in question for most of my life. And so I constantly battle that. That's probably what I meant by the driving force that keeps me going. I got something to prove. It's probably to myself. I, I, I'm self-conscious of who I am still to this day from all the damage, 30 years of damage. And so I have to work processes 
every day, every time coming on your show, there's a whole process I got to go through just to feel worthy enough to sit on this microphone with you. And uh, that is probably a hindrance because I can't necessarily just jump into things without thinking about them a little bit first. Um, I get these uh, random situations that happen even with my wife. Uh, we get into an argument and I have to step away in order to to be engaged or I'll say things that I shouldn't say. Um, maybe that's for everybody, but I'm just learning and still learning and still working on that. Um, trying, I, I hate making apologies for something I said, you know, I'm always working on that. And, uh, the, the, the self-worth thing I think is a lifelong struggle for a lot of people. For me, it is definitely, I don't plan on it going away. It's just something I have to, I have to look in the mirror every day and say, Hey dude, you're good enough. Go for it. You know, these, these people are looking up to you. You have something to, to do in writing this book. It was the weirdest thing for me to sign a book for somebody. I, I didn't feel comfortable doing that right at first. I didn't feel comfortable coming on podcasts. I, it, I don't feel worthy enough to be there. Like I'm not an expert in anything. I just have a story and, and something that's worked for me and I'm sharing that. And, um, on one hand, it's a good thing, man. I'm, it keeps me humble, but on the other hand, I can't go sit in a fortune 500 meeting and, and feel pretty good about it. You know? Yeah. I think, I mean, I think a lot of people struggle with that getting out of their own head and really like not thinking that they're good enough for, you know, a good life or a specific opportunity or even to be happy and like getting to a, a point where you can do that is important. That's why I tell people a lot, like people have a lot of inspirational stories, and a lot of wisdom either share that. I mean, podcasts, like you said, are a really good platform in terms of the audio space or start your own. You can add a lot of value and people just like, you know, my story is not good enough. Like, I don't, I don't feel people are going to like me. My voice is bad. And it's just like self, you know, self doubt and self critique that takes you out of that situation. And I, I mean, I've, I've done it all the time. I do it with like decision-making stuff. So before I do something, I'll run every kind of scenario in my head. And usually it's like all the failure ones before the ones that succeed. It's like, well, should I do it? This is like not going to work out. I see it not working because X, Y, Z can go wrong. And it's just like, I have to get to a point where it's like stillness and like calm. I, I don't know if like it's for everybody or from you, for you, like get the chaos out of my head and really like take a step back in order for me to then make that kind of decision or tell myself that I can do it. Yeah, I know. I think it's for everybody. And I, uh, the one thing I've learned through this process is we're not alone in our thoughts. A lot of people think the same way we do, you know, it, no matter what it is, there's more people out there that think the same way. <laughs> so, uh, that one thing we do, especially with all the, uh, different media components out there. We don't have to feel alone anymore. Yeah, I agree. And I think everybody has a story to share regardless of what they went through. I mean, I've talked to people that have, you know, been former founding members of drug cartels to people that, you know, authors to former athletes to startup founders and everyone in between. And I think regardless of what your story is or what you've been through, sharing it there's at least one other person that has went through something similar or will go through something similar that you can really be a source or like a guiding light to either steer somebody in the right direction or make them feel like they're not alone and they're not going through it alone right 100 percent, man it's good stuff I, that's the one thing we can say about uh, i don't know how old you are but i'm an x generation and 
we didn't have computers. We didn't have media when I grew up. I didn't have a cell phone until I was 24 years old. And of course it was the brick phone. Um, but today our generation has been able to also get into the media and be sort of the godfathers of both gen both situations. Remember what it was like to have a beeper and we know what it's like to have this phone that has a computer on it. And, um, we've made leaps and bounds with connecting with people. Some are good, some are bad, but I think it's all very healthy if it's used correctly. Something like this where we're talking, I would never talk to you in a million years if we were just going to run into each other on the street. Uh, but you know, we've got a good conversation. We're out there helping people through this microphone. And uh, that's pretty incredible this today and today's day and age. Yeah. And I think uh, podcasts specifically are a really good medium because like having a conversation, regardless if I like bumped into uh, like a networking thing or something business related, we may not dive into this conversation we're having. That's a lot deeper than just superficial. Hey, my name is so-and-so. What do you do? Oh, how long have you been doing it? It's like you can get to the point right away and really impact somebody with this kind of uh, medium. And I think it's important if if somebody can add some kind of value. I mean, me, when I'm, I'm 36. So I, I mean, I got a cell phone when I was 16 or so, but I think in terms of my 36 years, obviously, like I can add something of value through all the experiences that I've been through and, you know, the highs and the lows. And I think it's a, it's important to share that. So um, and then in, from my 20s to my 30s, I really switched my mindset from like just chasing like material things, really. Not to say when I reached a goal, I would, you know, treat myself, but to more like a heart led entrepreneur or leaving a legacy, like you mentioned, leaving a legacy, helping as many people as I can and bringing people up with me instead of just shutting down and, you know, like, I don't need to help you because you're going to be competition or whatever. Right. You know, and that, I love how you said that, bringing people up with you. Uh, I started realizing that the more successful I became, the more my good, good friends were not able, they weren't doing the same. We weren't the same. And it's, a, it's I want to be able to go on a trip to Florida and take those people with me, but not have to pay for everything. So I want them to be successful too, so that we can go do things together. I don't want to make new friends in a successful space. I want to make all my friends be successful too, so that we can all go together. Uh, we went on a fishing trip a couple of years ago, uh, me and my buddies, and we just had a week of fishing and had a great time. And uh, that, I think that was the first time in my life I was like, yeah, this is exactly what I meant by that. Like, let's all go. We're all successful. We all have our own money. Um, and we don't hate on each other. We push each other, you know? Yeah, I agree. So what's one piece of advice you can leave with the audience, personal or professional? Mm. Well, let's do both. So personal, I can say, find your purpose in your life and just strive for it. Always have to have purpose uh, in order to be able to wake up every day and just have a direction to go. Uh, for a lot of years, mine was my family and my children. Uh, raising them to not be like me was my main purpose. Uh, what got in the way of that was work and and life gets in the way of that. And so you just, you know, every day I'd wake up and say, okay, I got to be a good man. I got to work hard. These kids are going to appreciate it someday. Uh, now that they're all grown and out of the house, it's, it's the same. It's the purpose is, hey, I got to help other people. Me and my wife got to do some good here today. Uh, and I got to get along with her every day. 
Uh, and then in, in business, it's the same. We've got to have a purpose for our business. Um, it, for every single business that I've ever opened, we start with the values and then we, we end with community. I'm always, our purpose has always been helping others in the community. And it is a little selfish because at the end of the day, when you're in your community, working your butt off and helping others out, it's getting your business name out there. And in turn, they're your customer. And that's what, that's what life's about. That's what business is about. I do believe that your business is an extension of yourself. And if you're broken, your business is broken and vice versa. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And like, like I said, when I switched over to kind of that heartlet entrepreneur and like leaving a legacy, so doing as much good, adding value, doing a lot of pro bono work, helping people avoid pitfalls, like finding some scammy digital marketing agency that just promised you the world like a snake oil salesman. And then the first experience you have with digital marketing is a negative one, and then you kind of discount it. So with that, with being a resource for other people that want to get into foster care, and just sharing it on other shows, media outlets, in my community, like you said, it's an extension of you as who you are. People see the personal side and you're a reflection of that in the core values of your business. So I've gotten tons more business and just connections and just relationships made from that that were just strictly genuine and more so of a friendship because there was nothing exchanged. I wasn't looking for anything and that person wasn't looking for anything either. And that actually brought the right clients that had the same mindset and aligned with our our goals in terms of reaching, you know, things together. A hundred percent. And that's exact. That's what life is supposed to be about brother. Hey, and I want to let you know, I appreciate you doing the, uh, uh, the work with the children, with the foster care that, that takes a lot of fortitude and for you, your family to bring that on. That is huge. And it's such a problem in America today. Um, I just appreciate it. And we need more people like you. Thank you. I mean, each each child has taught me something about like what I can apply and how I can go about in terms of also adding to my emotional IQ and adding empathy to situations, business situations, and just seeing the situations that they've come from, a lot of them two, three, four years old. I mean, we have a baby that was straight from the hospital, uh, addicted to cocaine that was uh, two weeks in the hospital that we picked up the second week of September. So he just turned uh, three months a few uh, weeks ago. So from a baby, from a newborn to all the way, you know, to nine, 10 years old, all these kids have similar situations, but kind of different scenarios. So like learning something from each situation. And I think it's a testament where just because you think you don't have time for something, if you cut out all the Netflix and this and that and all the other things, you can really do that because if you if I go back three years and somebody asks you, one, would you be a foster parent? I would say no. And two, would you be a foster uh, dad to 22 kids in about two years? I would say definitely not. So you really not, don't know what you're capable of until you actually go out and do it. It's 100. That's 100, man. That's your proof that you can do it. I, it you know, what people get trapped into a lot of times is time. You know, we are we can practice and practice and practice and practice. And there's someone out there practicing harder than us. So we've always got to be raising the bar. We don't know what we're capable of until we've tried it. And yeah, we time, time is important, man. And you don't want to work your whole life away, but when that time is used in a useful way and a meaningful way, hands down, man, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And, and we can do a lot of things when it's, uh, I, I say God's work when we're doing, uh, 
It's not good for other people. Uh, you know, gosh, man, we get this power that we just didn't know we had. Yeah, I agree. So I really appreciate you stopping by today. Can you let the audience know how they can find you, how they can find the book? Yeah, for sure. Uh, go to ronworley.com. That's W-O-R-L-E-Y.com. Uh, my book is available there, uh, but also on Amazon. I'm exclusive with Amazon and, and Barnes and & Noble right now. Uh, audio will be out hopefully by the end of the year, fingers crossed. Uh, so you'll be able to get it on Audible as well. Awesome. Thanks again for stopping by. Yeah. So much, Roman. Thanks for having on, man. Keep, keep up the faith. You're doing good. This podcast has been brought to you by Nova Zora Digital. Find out how Nova Zora Digital can help your company grow online. Learn more at NovaZoraDigital.com. Until next time, all you digital savages.